Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 4, Episode 23. This week, we conclude the Evil Dead franchise with Evil Dead from 2013. With Joe. I, I, I don't think a tranquilizer's gonna do shit. Because I don't think we're dealing with a friggin' panic attack here. And Sam. I read a passage from that book. It, it was some sort of prayer. I released something, David. I released something evil. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Ash to my Mia, Sam. Good morning. Good morning, Sam. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> uh, this week, Sam and I are completing the discussion of the Evil Dead franchise in consideration for the pantheon of franchises. This is the fourth and final installment in the Evil Dead franchise, so here we are at the end. We made long, it. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long... I feel like this driving this car has been like driving it, and then you every time you get to a movie, it's like stop, it's, rewind it's like stutter, five minutes, stutter, stutter, and then start, and then rewind five minutes, and then start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's just... Every movie has been kind of disjointed. Like, is, this, is this a sequel? Oh. Can you say that this movie is a sequel? Can we say this movie belongs in the franchise at all? <laughs> The Pantheon is comprised of seven and only seven films per genre. Now, if we look at the horror Pantheon, we've got seven slots in there. Jaws is in, in first place. The Exorcist is in second place. It Chapter One is in third place. The Cabin in the Woods is in fourth place. Poltergeist from 1982 is in fifth place. The Ring from 2002 is in sixth place. And Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn is in the seventh slot. And then when we look at the franchise pantheon, we've got the Tolkien saga in first place with a B-plus average score of all the movies, Toy Story in second place with a B-plus average score of all the movies, the MCU Infinity Saga. This is from Iron Man until Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, and then that's a B. Star Wars comes in fourth place with a B-minus average. Alien is in fifth place. That franchise is a B minus average. Die Hard, the Die Hard franchise is in sixth place with a B minus average. And in seventh place there is the Jurassic Park franchise. This involves the Jurassic Park movies and the Jurassic World movies. With, and that rounds out with an average score of a C for all the movies. So we will see where Evil Dead lands amongst the franchise pantheon and amongst the horror pantheon. Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the pantheon in the future. So we will be discussing Mother, the Mother, you're going to be gone. And in an hour or so, we'll see. We will analyze it and grade it. More importantly, one of these movies is being kicked out today. Uh, this is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen Evil Dead 2013, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we have handled that business, let's get to our movie of the week. This week, we are talking about 2013's Evil Dead, a rated R movie made for $17 million that raked in $97.5 million, more than all three of the originals combined. <laughs> 
directed by Fetty Alvarez, produced by Bruce Campbell, Robert Tappert, and Sam Raimi, written by Fetty Alvarez and Rodo Seguez. Who directed Poltergeist? James Wan, right? That's why. That's why it sucked. Yes. Uh, oh, see, I thought Sam. I thought Sam Raimi did this. Was it Sam Raimi or was it James Wan? No, I honestly thought Sam Raimi did this Evil Dead. No, he produced it. Oh. Yeah. Good on Fed Alvarez, whatever you just said. Fede Alvarez. Fede Alvarez. Good he also him. did Don't Breathe with Jane Levy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he did this, and then he went to that. And I was like, okay, okay. so, he got, his, so he, he's, he got his kicks on this one, and then he did a real movie there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jane Levy as Mia Allen, Shiloh Fernandez as David Allen, Lou Taylor Pucci as Eric, Jessica Lucas as Olivia, Elizabeth Blackmore as Natalie, Jim McLarty as Harold, and Bruce Campbell as Ash at the very end in the post credit scene as though to give it his final thumbs up. Groovy. In addition, using audio from the original film, Bob Dorian plays Professor Raymond Nomi yes. during the credits, and Ellen Sandelweiss plays a voice cameo as Cheryl Williams. So she came back for something. Good on her. Good on her, yeah. Uh, we are going to jump into a segment called Inception to Perception, where I dig deep into the research to find out how this movie started as an idea and made its way to the big screen. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Okay. Uh, Fetty Alvarez and Roto Saiguez uh, co-wrote the script, which was then doctored by Diablo Cody, in an, who former stripper Diablo Cody, in an effort to Americanize the dialogue since English was not the writer's first language. The film was produced by Ramey Campbell and Robert Tapper, who are the producers of the original trilogy. Ramey and Campbell had planned a remake for many years, but in 2009, Campbell stated the proposed remake was, quote, going nowhere and had fizzled due to extremely negative fan reaction. However, in April 2011, and I remember this, Bruce Campbell stated in an Ask Me Anything interview on Reddit.com, quote, we are remaking Evil Dead. The script is awesome. The remake's going to kick some ass. You have my word. And the film was officially announced for that July. And every single cult fan just went bananas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it a Comic-Con? I think it was a Comic-Con. Yeah. My friend Joel, um, I think I was working, and my friend Joel called me up. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of the same um, interests, and we like a lot of the same movies. And Evil Dead is one thing that we both love. Mm -hmm. And I remember he just called me, and he was flipping out. It's like, oh, my God, dude. (laughs) Ash is going to be back. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? They just announced Evil Dead, dude. Yeah. I was like, Rosa! I can't wait for another two hours of Ash. No. <laughs> oh, Ash isn't in this one. Okay. Yeah, wait to the end. <laughs> and then the trailer comes out. And yeah, that might be one of my most watched trailers. Really? I... I can't count how many times I watched that trailer over wow. and over and over and over and over. Just getting so hyped up. Yeah. Because it was, you know, obviously it's like Ash isn't in it, but they're doing it right. They didn't just do like, like you know, I was expecting like a uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Yeah. Like I was expecting like. Because that's know, what Evil that really, has been. A really well made horror comedy. Yeah. And they went balls to the wall just 
straight grotesque, horror. straight horror, and I love that. I knew I was. I thought that was a risk and a risk worth taking. I didn't know what to think of this trailer until the very end shot where you see her licking the knife, knife. and she oh, cuts her tongue in half. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In January 2013, Alvarez commented on the ambiguity of the film's relationship to the original. Quote, Now the way I personally like to see Evil Dead 2013, it's as a story that takes place 30 years after the Evil Dead ended. The car is there. The cabin is there. So apparently he never saw Army of Darkness when the car went away. Yeah. Uh, a family brought... Bought, uh, bought it and did some work on it more than 20 years ago, and the book has found its way back to the cabin. New kids will encounter it and suffer its wrath. Is Evil Dead a sequel then? Maybe. But the problem with the sequel theory would be that there are too many coincidences between the events of the Evil Dead and the ones on Evil Dead to have con- happened on a continuous storyline. But if you believe the Naturum de Manto can force these things to happen, then it could be a sequel. And I do believe in coincidences. So even the director doesn't friggin' know what the hell this is. I like it. <laughs> Alvarez, who has also a background in CGI, also confirmed in an interview that the film does not employ CGI except for touch-ups. There is some CGI in this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do any CGI in the movie. <laughs> Bullshit. Everything that you see is real, which was really demanding. Not true. This was a very long shoot. 70 days of shooting at night, except for the day shots. There's a reason people use CGI. It's cheaper and faster. I hate that. It's not actually cheaper. It's actually more expensive. We researched a lot of magic tricks and illusion tricks. Maybe it's cheaper, like, uh, in the sense of... You know, to pay people. Like, you're, you're cheating. Maybe, yes, okay. I'll, like, when, I, when my brother and I would play Tekken, and he would just find that one move where I can't <laughs> touch him, i go, dude, they're so cheap! <laughs> stop it, then. Stop it, then. Stop it, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi's 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 can be seen in an opening scene with David and Mia as they arrive at the cabin. The 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 has appeared in almost all the movies that Raimi has been involved with over his career. What? So now I want to go into Sam Raimi's catalog and try to spot the spot Oldsmobile. Spot the Oldsmobile, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw this, Sam? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a treasure of a memory. <laughs> I had convinced two uh, female friends of mine Back in, I think they were freshmen in college. Okay. And I was technically a second year sophomore, but uh, I'd convinced them to go with me because my my buddy Joel, who uh, called me and said earlier story, yeah. he was in Texas. Um, and he's, he moved there. And so I convinced these two to come with me and I kept reassuring them like it's not bad it's you know it's gonna be it's a super scary it's gonna be really gross but it won't be anything too bad showing them the green band trailer (laughs) so you know we go i pre-order tickets we all go it's a good time i have food i'm one of those weirdos that like can eat a whole thing of popcorn and like chicken tenders and watch saw three no problem yeah and they had brought a blanket you know theater gets cold Mm-hmm. They did not remove their heads from that blanket for 90% of the film. I love it. I'm not joking. 90% of the film? Yeah. They didn't watch. <laughs> and I was just laughing It's not even that scary. <laughs> it's not that scary, but it's, it's like... It's just disturbing. It's, it's disturbing, and I... <laughs> Me, I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, here, I need to get some more popcorn. You want some apple slices, uh, everybody? <laughs> hey, food? 
No, and they were so mad at me. They've never, they haven't watched this movie since. Yeah. They, st- like, even, I had to think I had a conversation about this movie because I wanted to watch it again. And, oh, that's right. We were, I was talking about The Exorcist because we were going to watch it and yeah. do it. And I invited them to watch it. And they were like, oh, those are the two. Okay. They're like, hell no. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not today. Nope. Not ever. Yeah. No. Nope. Some things I'd just rather not see. It's like, it's a classic, though. It's a, you need to see this as an art film. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a drama. It's a drama. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't comedy. care. <laughs> I don't care. It's like it's made in the seventies. You'll be fine. No. <laughs> so I brought up the Evil Dead. It's like, hey, you did see this before, but you didn't really watch it. It's like, nope, I'm good. I don't need to know what happens. You scarred him, man. Uh, happily. <laughs> it's it's my pleasure to take somebody to those kind of like quote unquote cliffs and just drop kick them right off. Yeah, I want to I want to take them in the plunge. Like I tried so hard to get. Joel on this podcast. Yes. I tried everything. Our Joel. Yes, our Joel. Yeah. I tried everything. Everything. I know you did, because I was the opposite force, saying, no, you're watching Army of Darkness first, then you're going to watch Evil Dead 2, then Evil Dead, and then you might be ready for Evil Dead 2013. I just want to get him. You want to traumatize the child. I want to bring him up. (laughs) It'll make him stronger. You want to throw him into the deep end of the pool. I don't want to ease him in. Hey, I'm just using my dad's, you know, mentality when raising me. <laughs> so what does that mean? After he watches it for five minutes, you turn it off going, you're not watching this. <laughs> no, it just throws me in the deep end of the pool. <laughs> uh, I saw this in a theater also. I did also. And uh, I was psyched because I thought I was going to get a Evil Dead movie. And instead, I got a legitimately scary movie. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is... This is like what happens if somebody else takes a property like your Nightmare on Elm Street and says, I'm going to reboot this, and they make it frightening uh-huh. without the comedy in it. And it's like, okay, I see what you did there. You new nightmared, Evil Dead. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> don't, uh, don't even sweat it, dog. Don't er- even sweat it, Scary Terry. You ready? Yes. Okay. I gave her a sedative, so she should be out for a couple of hours. Fuck, her burns are serious, like second, third degree. This is so wrong. Well, nobody could have known she would do something so twisted. No, you should have known. We've all been following your lead since we got here. We should have left when Mia wanted to. Baby, please. Okay, let's not lose our heads, okay? With any luck, it'll stop raining in a couple hours, and we'll be able to cross the creek in the morning, and we'll take her to a hospital, okay? Everything's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. I don't know if you'd noticed this, but but nothing has been fine. And everything's been getting worse every second. doing Mia put the gun down put the gun down please Mia put the fucking gun down
we're all going to die tonight. The film starts with a young woman walking through the woods. She's dripping with blood. A figure stalks her and eventually jumps her, throwing a bag over her head and having a, his redneck buddy whack her with the butt of his axe. It's Tucker and Dale. No. <laughs> <laughs> the woman wakes up in a cellar in the presence of a woman who speaks only Welsh, and she's surrounded by what appears to be burn victims. The young woman's father appears before her. She asks for her mother, and the father tells her that she killed her mother. The old woman hurries the father to kill his daughter, and so he douses her with gas as she pleads with him. Before he can strike a match, the young woman tells him she will eat his soul. Her eyes turn yellow, and as the father drops the match, she appears demonic and starts thrashing. The father raises a shotgun, tells her he loves her, and then blasts her head clean off her shoulders. <laughs> Great start. We are in an it's Evil a Dead strong movie. Strong start. <laughs> Sometime later. A car is driving to a quiet place of the woods where a cabin is. Where four Michigan college students ride up. <laughs> Unexpectedly. We meet David, his girlfriend Natalie, and their friends Olivia, Eric, and Mia, who's waiting for them in the back. By the way, if you spell out all their names, it's Demon. What? <laughs> Derek, Eric, Natalie, Mia, Olivia, Demon. Or Olivia, Mia. What? Yeah. Dude, you're blowing my mind right now. You ready for this? According to the reports in the press, the film used 70,000 gallons of blood, of fake blood. Hell yeah. In the original, it was 200, 300 gallons. <laughs> Wait, uh... There was 50,000 used for the final scene alone. Jesus. <laughs> now, wait. Hold on. Yeah? I think Cabin in the Woods had that beat. Cabin in Woods is the better the Evil Dead movie. Woods... That's more of an Evil Dead. It's yes. the better Evil Dead movie. I'm just going to say it straight up. All right, fine. You can have your opinion. <laughs> Gallons of blood. I'm sh did they try to beat it? 200,000 gallons of blood. So, yes, they did. Yeah, that's... Uh, David finds Mia sitting on an old, broken-down 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88. Thank you, Sam Raimi. Smoking a cigarette while drawing. He tells her she looks beautiful, but she thinks he's being a liar. <laughs> uh, the group enters the camp. Uh, already, we have more character development in this movie than we did the previous three. Any. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the group enters the cabin. Blow. What? Blow. Bl blow. <laughs> we do miss the Bruce Campbellisms. Uh, the group enters the cabin where Mia complains about a smell. We learn here that Mia fondly remembers her mother, but David doesn't want her to. It also appears that their mother was emotionally abusive toward Mia. Everyone gathers around a well. Mia, being a recovering drug addict, pulls out a bag of powdered drugs. We're going to guess it's what? Heroin? Heroin. Smarties? Heroin. And pours it down the well, vowing to be done with it for good and going cold turkey. I liked this aspect. I was like, oh, this is smart. It is. Uh, they brought their nurse friend along to deal with the uh, uh, withdrawals. And, I could see this happening. And it's not just like the first time like she's trying to kick it. Yeah. Like she's almost died twice. I guess so, yeah. So this is like, okay, let's get, not put her in a hospital. Make her like be surrounded by friends and family. Mm -hmm. Like this is it. Because she will kill herself if she doesn't stop. Yes. Uh, and, and she, you know, when she's freaking out, 
obviously, like, and they do in the movie. It's just the drugs. She's just trying to get. She's just trying to get heroin. And when I first saw this, I was like, everything that's going to happen in this movie is going to feel like a hallucination of the withdrawals, which I think would be an awesome little take. Is that she's seeing all this, and and, and at the end, everyone's okay, but she's committed suicide. Something like that. Oh wow! Like I thought that's where this was going to go. Uh. Olivia tells David this isn't the first time they've tried to get Mia off drugs. Eric tells him that she lasted eight hours before relapsing and overdosing. That's not very long. In which she legally died but was revived. That evening, Mia starts screaming as she is apparently suffering with, from withdrawals. Olivia gives her a sedative, but Mia continues complaining about a rotten smell that nobody else seems to notice. Their dog, Grandpa... <laughs> Great name for a dog. Sniffs around the floor where they find a door leading to a cellar under a rug. The floor is smeared with blood. The same smear we've seen in the previous movie. So it's a sequel? Continuity issues. Okay. Except for that one. David and Eric go into the cellar and discover the stench is coming from the rotting corpses of animals. They also find the, quote, evil book from before, wrapped in wires and plastic. This is not the same book as before. There's no face on this. It's just scar tissue. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'll be honest with you, I like this design better than the original Necronomicon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Though it can't bite you. <clears throat> and it's wrapped in wires and plastic. It's like, not only is it just oh, like garbage there, bag. cover this thing up. <laughs> Tightly bound barbed wire. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Doesn't That's he use strong barbed wire? He goes to the tool shed to cut the wire. No, off. he has little wire clippers, and then he has to use some muscle to pull those things off. Yeah, which which means don't open don't this open book. the <laughs> book. <laughs> the next day, Mia is wandering outside in the rain. Eric opens the cover of the book, which is scribbled all over with warnings like "quote Leave this book alone" and "Do not read, read this." this. Naturally, Eric looks through it <laughs> because which, there's always one moron in a group of five. I mean, really? Uh, of all the people? Which is why I love Cabin in the Woods so much. It's because they're like, we're going to take the tropes and we're going to mess with all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Naturally, Eric looks through it and finds a page with some words scribbled out and the warning to not speak, write, or hear what is in it. He puts a piece of paper over the book and shades over it with a pencil, revealing several words that he begins to read. You know what? It's his own damn fault because he, he gets f***ed up in this movie. Is he the first one gone? No. He should have been. He's the last. He just, just He's content- the staple gun. Dude, he just gets a beating of a life. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a beating of a lifetime. He gets a needle like the in needle the in- eye. Ah, yeah. His hands split, beaten with a crowbar, nails. He gets a beating. He deserves it. <laughs> Dude, he did it to himself. Outside, Mia starts being sick and hears a faint voice calling her and things, say, or things saying she can't be there anymore. She jumps out the window and steals Eric's car, but as she drives to the woods, she sees the figure again and drives the car into a swamp. And we all think Mia's dead, but no, the Nay. terror is beginning. Nay. When she comes to, Mia tries to get out, but the figure rises from the swamp and she runs away, tumbling into a thorn bush. The branches and sticks wrap themselves around her arms and legs, and the figure, which is bloodied and horrifying version of herself, regurgitates a black wormy thing with thorns that makes its way up Mia's leg and goes right inside of her. David and Olivia hear her screaming and find her. This is how you do a tree rape scene, oh, my this friends. this is how you do a tree rape. Yeah. And it, 
I loved it because the more she struggled, the further in she got. Oh yeah. And I could un- I can understand getting tangled in that. So well done, Fetty Alvarez. You've cleaned up something. <laughs> the mess. You you've turned what was rated X into rated R, and it's still scary as hell. Good job. Yeah. The group suspects that she was trying to harm herself because you know we can't trust her. No. David goes into her room and she tells him that there is something in the room with them. He goes outside and sees blood on the ground. He calls for Grandpa and finds him in a hole beneath the tool shed. Grandpa is whimpering. Grandpa the dog, not Grandpa. Yeah. Okay. David runs into the tool shed and pulls him out of the hole, but he's dead. David suspects Mia bludgeoned him to death with a hammer that was lying nearby. They're very quick to think she's going to kill everybody all of a sudden. Yeah, but who else would know it? Would I would be like, okay, there must be somebody else out else here. out here. Yeah, but very quick to judge. He runs back into the cabin and tries to get Mia, but she's taking a shower. She turns the water up to the point where it becomes scalding hot, and her flesh starts burning. Oof. The group pulls her out of in time. Eric looks at an open page of the book and notices a picture of being of a being with burning flesh. Who opened the book? (laughs) David takes Mia in his Jeep and drives her to a hospital as she's foaming at the mouth. Unfortunately, the roads are flooded and he has to turn back. So it's a remake. Not a sequel. Well, they repaired the bridge, but the demons got lucky with the storm and it flooded. Okay. 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 Olivia gives Mia another sedative. This clearly isn't working, by the way. While the group argues about her, she comes into the living room dragging a rifle. And this may... Is this the second most iconic scene in this movie? The first being the ending? I want to say so. Okay. You're all going to die tonight. (laughs) She holds it up and fires near David, and the door swings open as Mia lets out a frightening scream. She says in a possessed voice... You're all going to die tonight. That was about it. Olivia tries to get the rifle away from her, but Mia tackles her as her eyes turn yellow and she spits blood all over her. There's no spitting. That is just... <laughs> that is... <laughs> that is a a funnel, a, a fire hydrant of blood and bile going into her face. Yes, it's disgusting, but not the most disgusting thing she's going to have with a female in this. Nope. <laughs> kiss me, you heart. Ah! Oh, it's kiss me, you slut. Olivia kiss. kicks her into the cellar, and Eric closes it. He suspects this has to do with the stuff they found down in the cellar. Oh, yeah. really? Might be. Olivia tries to clean the blood and throw up off herself, but she sees an image of herself mutilated in the mirror, which shatters. She walks away, but then freezes, and her eyes twitch as she wets herself. Next to her is the book, open to a page with a person holding a knife and their severed face flesh. Can we just talk about how good the sound effects and sound design (laughs) is in this movie? The sound of her basically sawing off her face Uh with a piece of mirror that might be the most well-done sound clip in this entire movie. It is so convincing, at least to my ears. There's several different sounds. There's a sound of the, the, the glass going in. There's the sound that's different of the, of the skin tearing. Yes. And then and there's then just there's, the there's also that There's also that thickness, like cutting through muscle and ligament as well. Yeah, like you're cutting through like a, a, a turkey. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, it, 
It's it's so well done. If you have a surround sound system, this is like <laughs> uh, if you're okay. If you have a surround su- sound system and a bucket nearby, this is perfect for you because it'll it'll the sound itself makes you feel a little nauseous. Oh, yeah. Goes into the bathroom to find Olivia, who's cutting the flesh from her cheek with the broken glass. Horrified, he stumbles backward and slips on the cheek flesh. Olivia stabs him. I thought that was her tongue. Not yet. No, 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 no. It was cheek. Oh, okay. Yeah. Olivia stabs him with the broken glass and then in the face with the needle. Eric throws her off and breaks off a piece of the toilet, which he used to bludgeon her to death, just as David and Natalie come in. Hey, what you up to there, Eric? Hey, buddy. <laughs> Let's put the toilet down. She tried to kill me. David tries to patch up Eric's wounds. He tells Natalie to bring a jug of water and sugar. Uh, Eric try- tells her to stay away from Mia. He tells David that it's his fault this is happening because he read from the book. Natalie goes to the living room and finds that the cellar door is open. Who was watching the cellar? Mia is still down there crying and asking for help. As Natalie tries to go down and get her, Mia's voice becomes low and demonic and threatening, saying, he won't stop until he has all of you. Natalie tries to run, but Mia grabs her and bites into her hand. She tries to defend herself with a box cutter, but Mia takes it from her and slices her tongue down the middle. She grabs Natalie and kisses her, forcing blood into her mouth. David finds them and pulls Natalie out. They nail the cellar door shut, locking Mia down there. Oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> I've, this is one of those scenes where I wish it wasn't in the trailer. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, it got me pumped up in the trailer, but I would have loved just to be in this movie halfway through and having to see this for the first time. Oh, it's the funny thing is, is that you watch the making of this movie and, and Jane Levy is in tears for most of this movie because the run through the woods she had to do it like 30 times, and she's crying because of how painful it is. And oh Bruce Campbell apparently called everybody up in the, in, the, in the group before they even started shooting, saying, just so you know, this is going to be the worst experience of your life. But you'll have a story to tell your friends for the rest of your lives. There you go. And I would have oh, given anything to be a part of this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, we talked about how they really didn't abuse any other people. No, they did. And there's clearly abuse there's, happening. There's, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it, it is the, the making of it is kind of hard to watch sometimes because they're, they're showing you behind the scenes shots of the, the, her running through the forest. And you can tell she's very, very at her wits. She's at her wits and she's not acting anymore. And you see Alvarez kind of going, okay, okay, stop. And he just goes off into his tent and because that goes, okay, we got to do it again. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which... She hasn't acted much since Don't Breathe. No. I thought she was going to be kind of like the um, Mary Winestead. Oh, okay. And um, kind of be like the quote-unquote horror queen. Scream queen? Sc- sure. Yeah. yeah. I always think of the, the, the horrible series. Oh, oh no, 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 no. no the, before the series, a real scream queen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think she's absolutely beautiful and... Super talented. I liked her in Suburgatory. She was great. In which one? Suburgatory, the TV show. I've never seen it. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, David finds Eric trying to burn the book, but it doesn't work. He tells David about what he knows from the book. An evil entity has been unleashed, and it's attached to Mia's soul. It seeks a collection of souls to unleash something called the Abomination. Not the same one from Hulk. 
Meanwhile, Natalie tends to the bite wound on her hand. It starts to burn into her arm, and she notices an electric knife and reaches for it. Pause. It went bad. Exactly. So it's a remake. It got got into my hand, and it went bad. So it's a remake? No, it it could happen again. Okay. Could happen again. The glass shattering was Army of Darkness, so... Yeah. Just instead of little ashes, she had, you know, let's rip my face off. <laughs> Mia peeks from the cellar and tells her not to cut it off, but Natalie slices into her arm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't cut it off. Don't David off. and Eric find her as her arm falls off. <laughs> God. Oh, I've never seen a turkey cutter go into somebody's arm before, and that was... There's, re- there's really only one other director I can think of that, c- that can make this scene even grosser, and it's Sam Raimi himself. Yeah, absolutely. If you ever see a Don't or Drag Me to Hell, if that movie's disgusting also. Really? Oh, I've only yeah. Seen, I, I saw the very end on TV. No, the movie's disgusting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Eric tells David there are three ways to put an end to this. Bury Mia alive, dismember her, or burn her alive. David refuses to do any of that, and Eric calls him a coward. Suddenly, a noise is heard, and Natalie comes in, now possessed, with nails in her head. She's holding a nail gun and shoots at Eric, who gets a few nails in him. David tries to get the rifle, but Natalie starts hitting him with a crowbar. Eric shoots her with the nail gun, and she goes to start bludgeoning him with the crowbar. Before she can deliver the fatal blow, David blows blows her hand off with the rifle. Natalie appears to revert back to normal, complaining about the pain before she dies. Oh, yeah. This movie doesn't stop. No, it does not stop. It's just it's just nonstop. And in that way, it does what Evil Dead does. It just that never lets up. No, it's great. David finally decides to burn the cabin with Mia still inside. He pours gasoline on the floor. But before he can drop the lighter, Mia, in her normal voice, starts singing a lullaby that their mother used to sing. And David cannot do it. Outside, a bolt of lightning strikes a tree, setting it on fire. He hatches another plan. He grabs two syringes, among other things, and starts to dig up a hole outside. He heads into the cellar. He finds Mia, who slashes at him with the box cutter and throws him around. She tries to drown him, but Eric steps in and hits Mia. He's also been stuck with the box cutter in his stomach. David goes to him, and Eric finally dies. Dude took a beating. There's not too many kids their age that would be able to take all this. I, th- I think after the nails, I just started laughing because how he, how, how much abuse that character took. Yeah, it was like like he puts his arm up, and you see three nails go two two two, and then he gets his hand nailed to his chest. Yes, the needle in the eye. Uh-huh. His hand is split open. He's beaten almost to death with a crowbar. He's like the energy. Just keeps going. He's the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> God. Yeah. I was. I mean, after the nails, I was just laughing because it's like, dude, you're getting <laughs> the shit kicked out of you. Like literally. Yeah. You just just sit down. Just take five. Take five. Here's a Gatorade. We'll get you back in soon. David takes Mia outside with a bag over her head and starts to bury her. She, tells to t- she talks to him in her normal voice and pleads with him, but he won't buy it. She starts telling him about their mother and more of her abusiveness. Their mother kept asking for David, who was never there, and how Mia would have to keep telling her he's coming back. He completely buries her and then waits a while as the rain stops and the fire on the tree goes out. 
David digs Mia back up and pulls her out. He grabs a car battery with the syringes attached to it and sticks them in Mia's chest, trying to revive her. She doesn't come back. He covers her body and walks away tearfully. However, Mia rises and talks to David. She is completely back to normal, and they hug. Aww. And credits? And scene. No. The two go back into the cabin to get the keys to David's Jeep. But a possessed Eric is behind him, and he stabs David in the neck. David goes into the hallway and gets Mia outside and locks her out. He grabs the rifle and shoots at the gasoline container, letting it consume the cabin in flames and killing himself and Eric for good. And she is left as the final girl. There it is. And end credits. Yep. No. Outside, it starts raining blood. Blood From the sky. A hand, it's horror. a hand bursts from the ground and grabs at Mia. It's the abomination. It chases after Mia, who grabs a chainsaw from the tool shed and tries to run. She hides under the Jeep and manages to slice off the abomination's legs, crippling it. As she tries to run, though, the abomination tips the Jeep over and it falls on Mia's arm. She pulls herself free, severing her arm. Oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> oh, this movie has now exceeded the number of uh, limbs destroyed <laughs> through a Star Wars movie. Uh, the abomination inches toward Mia, but she sticks her arm into the handle of the chainsaw, a la Ash, and kills the abomination. Its corpse sinks into the ground. Can we talk about how she takes the, the chainsaw and dot, drives it into the head of the abomination. <laughs> Let's it in half. Beast on this. <laughs> so much, but like that was that was an ash line right oh, there. Feast great. on this. Feast on this. Yeah, it's such a cool shot. It's such a great shot. I'm really like, did they hook up a sprinkler system in a? in like a warehouse just full of blood this was so metal it was ridiculous oh yeah i just needed slayer in the background it'd be great yeah uh like what what man of war what what if what if as soon as she said feast on this it was just slayer man of war just blaring just blood everywhere it's raining it's just red they do a good five-second shot of her just coating herself in blood as she's doing this, just screaming. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, how's your day today? Did I have fun at work? Yeah. Took me two <laughs> hours was... to get cleaned up. <laughs> the bloody rain stops, and the sun comes out. Mia walks away, now free from the curse, but alone. Meanwhile, the book lies outside the burning cabin, closing itself and waiting for its next victims. Ash, Bruce Campbell, appears after the credits to say, and dramatically turn to the audience. And everybody goes, well, that's what we stayed for, Ash. And the rest <laughs> of the, the audience that knows that series just got a little wet. Yep. So the movie's over, Sam. What do you think after watching this film the first time? It's one of my favorite horror films. Is it really? It really is. Like, the, I would never have picked so, this as one of your favorites, honestly. It's so well done. It's everything I like. Yeah. From start to finish, it never lets up. The pacing is perfect, it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's super disturbing. It is it is scary. Um, and it makes me cringe still. Okay. 
And as far as horror movies go, it is just super well done. It's just, it's like don't breathe. Like they're they're the horror movies that are great all the way through are hard to come by. Yes. Yeah, they, most horror movies just have one or two good scenes and then you're moving on. Yeah. So when a movie comes out like this, you're like, oh, that's refreshing. Yeah. Uh, for me, the first my first thing was that was a lot of blood. <laughs> I walk, yeah, I mean, I walked out laughing. The girls were pissed off. And I was like, oh, my God, that was so good. That was so amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see it again. Uh, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 61%. Uh, the critics on the average gave this film a 6.1 out of 10. The audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 3.5 out of 5, with 63% agreeing it's a three or higher. Ooh. I've been wrong before, too. We, you know. We'll see. We'll see here. Uh, we, we've, we've learned sometimes the critics are way off. Well, on to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes we like in this movie. And then we choose three things we dislike about the film or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. Sam, what are your top three things that you want to highlight in this movie? All right. I have the effects and sound design are just top notch. Um, this is the first Evil Dead where you, want, you, you don't go, where did all the money go? They used it. They used it here. <laughs> they used it for sure. Yeah. Um, like from the the the, the sound effects of uh, the face getting cut off Ugh. to just the cinematography, the running in the woods. It was really framed well. It was framed so well. And even though that first scene is so short, just her running through the woods, I don't know what it is about it, just the fog and the location. Mm. I loved it. It was like a great, like, oh, this is what we're doing. She has a great awkward run, too. She does. Yeah. Uh, it's not, she's not a sprinter. It's, as you can tell, she's not off and running. No. And the run through the woods looks as though she's tripping over every damn thing imaginable, because that's what you would do. Oh, for sure. No, it was just so well done. Um, number two, really knows how to make you cringe. Yes. And for a person like me who is pretty jaded at this point, <laughs> they they just know how to cross that line and... I love it. Okay. Um, number one, this movie is just nonstop entertainment. I hate to take the words off the box, but it's just nonstop entertainment. It takes the source material away. If you, sorry, if you take the source material away, yeah, and everything, it's still just a fantastic movie by itself. Yeah, I agree. And bonus number four, Ash Groovy. Ash Groovy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three, the special effects have finally gotten good in this franchise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, my number two, the tree scene is done so much better in this film. Jane Levy sells it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, my number one, this is the only Evil Dead that is a standalone. Yes. And in that way, it's the only one that doesn't have any continuity issues. Ta-da! Done! Uh, all right, on to the bottom three. Time to vent, Sam. Go. Dude, you, you, I'm grabbing at straws at this point. <laughs> you only give up with two. Um, it's... T- <laughs> Number number three, well, I guess number two, it's too grotesque for some friends. <coughs> Joel. <laughs> um, you know, I can't, some some of my friends can't handle this movie. So yeah. when I want to watch it and like, oh, how about the Evil Dead? They're like, no, 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 no I'm no, good. No. Thank you. No, I'm good. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> Just do it. Just come on. I'll hold your hand. We'll jump off the cliff, cliff together. Oh. Number one. And this is literally just me nitpicking at this point. Yeah. What happened to the family at the beginning? Like, who were the the inbred-looking people? Well, I think the... Abomin- Where did the Welsh 
The abomination is the girl that got burned, right? No, the abomination comes after five lives are taken. Where did we hear that? I think it was there. <laughs> it wasn't there. Am I mixing up Cabin in the Woods? Cabin in the Woods is the, that's yeah, that's Cabin in the Woods. Pause. No, there's something in this movie that signifies the the resurrection of the abomination. It's not just random that after five people die yeah. that it comes back because it only comes back after everybody has died not jane levy she died damn it she, she did. died so there is a, there is died. a significance i re- there there is something significant. maybe it's just it's implied that when all five died the abo- i was i just have to watch this again i thought the abomination was the burnt the burnt girl and that when they buried her, and she was the abomination. No, that's the devil. Try, that's the that's the abomination trying to resurrect itself. Okay, and bring destruction to the world. A uh, couple of other things here, by the way, before they moved on to make Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV show, which is fantastic. Uh, yes, it is. Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert and Bruce Campbell confirmed that this film is set in the same continuity as the original trilogy, and their plan was to make Army of Darkness two. A sequel to this oh film, God. a sequel to this film starring Mia, and one final film with Ash and Mia teaming up to find to fight Deadites. Since Universal Studios passed an what? army of since Universal Studios passed an Army of Darkness two with Ash's adventures now being told in Ash vs Evil Dead, and the sequel to this film appearing to have been shelved, it is doubtful that this team up will ever happen. how awesome would that have been oh my goodness i don't know if that would work that my friend is like mcu level universe sharing yeah uh back when the remake of the original film was in development in 2003 ashton kutcher and marlon wayans were considered for the role of ash now I could buy Ashton Kutcher. I could buy. I couldn't buy Marlon Wayans all day. I could buy Ashton Kutcher all day. Marlon Wayans, I couldn't because it would turn into a scary movie. Yeah, no. And finally, the film answers one of the most long debated questions of the original trilogy as to whether Evil Dead Two is a remake or a sequel. When Eric attempts to destroy the book, he realizes that the book doesn't burn. Doesn't burn. If this film follows the same continuity logic as the original, it would mean that when Ash burnt the original Necronomicon, he did not destroy it. He merely thought he did. There we go. So. Cool. Thank you, Evil Dead 2013, for clearing that. up some things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Now, bottom three. Okay, you gave your you gave your two. Gave my two. Do you have a third one, or that's where you want to stop? No, that's at that point. It's literally nitpicking. Well, my number three is why reboot something like this? Uh, you made three movies, and then this movie is an in between the trilogy and the TV show on stars. It doesn't fit as a part of the franchise at all. It just doesn't. No, no. Uh, my number two. Why the hell is the car there? That's Ash's car. Does he exist or not? God damn it. <laughs> and my number one, the tearing of her arm off is gruesome to watch. Yeah. I would rather watch a half hour of her cutting off her face than her tearing her arm from the car. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It. That, oh, gosh. Uh, okay. Who's the audience for this movie, buddy? Hardcore horror fans and fans of the source material or the original series cult fans. But even then, some cult fans didn't like this movie. Yeah. So I'm going to, I mean, you have to be a pretty hardcore horror fan to get through this movie. I agree. Yeah. If, if you love it when they take old properties and try to reboot them with better special effects and more story, this is for you. For sure. Like, 
And I know people complain about uh, the Platinum Dunes movies, like, uh, you know, when they redid Friday the 13th or redid Halloween and all that. But they are legitimately scarier than the originals. Halloween, Halloween by Rob Zombie is my favorite out of all of those. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. With Jessica Biel. Biel, Not any of the other ones. (laughs) And then... I legitimately, I enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street. A lot of people didn't like it. I liked it too. I thought it was really f***ing scary. And they took out the Freddy comedy in it. Yeah. And bitch. It was great. Yeah. I love the scene when she wakes, or when she goes to sleep in class. Oh, man. And he's the teacher. Yeah. (laughs) Even like just the little nuances of trying to stay awake and like sleep apnea. Yeah. It's like. That was something I did. Did the original Nightmare on Elm Street even bother with that? I don't think so. No, no. So it's like you literally cannot escape this guy. We have so many different ways in 2017 to fall asleep, and this explored them all. Yes, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> all right, movie report card A, B, C, D, or F in the horror film genre, Sam. I know you looked at my score oh, just, just now, saw didn't your you? Score, man. You just saw it. I know, but go for it. You get be honest. What'd you give it? I give it an A. All right. Now, and the only reason it's not an A plus is because it's not a classic. And because we don't give pluses on it. And I don't reason. give a plus. Yeah. So Teeth. it's as perfect. A- I give A plus. <laughs> this, is, this is as perfect a movie for you in the horror film genre as you could possibly find, right? As far as horror movies go, yeah. And I, you, you saw my letter grade there. I have a reasoning. Sure. Okay. I'm giving this a C. Which is average. Now, look, this is this the best horror film of the franchise? Yes, it is. It is definitely the most scary. It is better acting and actually takes itself seriously. So I guess my question is, why on earth is this to be considered in the Evil Dead franchise as a legitimate movie? There's no campiness. There's no humor. There's no Bruce Campbell. Now, as a film, is it scary? It delivers some temporary... I'm good. No, it delivers some iconic images. Yeah, it does. And definitely shies away from cheap tricks and jump scares to frighten audiences. Fetty Alvarez does a great job directing this and working with Jane Levy. This movie definitely got him the go-ahead to do a better movie in Don't Breathe. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Jane Levy, again. But I'm conflicted about this movie. On the one hand, I love it because it's strictly horror. It's, and I love that. For On sure. the other hand, it doesn't follow tonally with anything else in the franchise. Is this a reboot? Okay, you're grading it on franchiseness. Is this a remake? Okay. Is this an alternate universe? In the second movie, we get the revisions they made. In Army of Darkness, we let them get by with a few more. But this movie doesn't explain anything else. So here's my deal. As a horror movie standalone, this movie's an A- in my book. Okay. However, it is an epic fail in the entire franchise since it doesn't fit in the first, second, third, or the series on Stars. So an A- as a horror, an F as it fits in the series, it averages out to a C to me. Okay. That, that's how I got my grade. So I agree with you. As a strict horror film, this is top notch. Yeah. But if I think if we were to look back and go, we're going to do the Evil Dead franchise, we'd probably just stop at Evil Dead uh, Army of Darkness and stop there because it's a trilogy. This movie's not. It's just. I don't consider this a part of that. Yeah. Trilogy. Um, and, and maybe we should look back at this and go, okay, let's. Because right now, I think. Well, we're doing the franchise. We're yeah. doing the franchise, so we're not doing just the standalone movie. Right. I don't want. I, so I see I, where you're coming from. We would be doctoring the grade, I guess, if we just turned it into a trilogy to get our 
grade up a little bit more, right? That's up to you. I give this, <laughs> I give this an A no matter what. The only reason I would give, like, let's say don't breathe. If we ever do don't breathe, I'm fairly certain I would give it an A minus only for the fact that I can watch this movie over and over and over and over and over again. Whereas don't breathe, as soon as I walked out of the theater, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see it again. I haven't watched it again yet. Don't breathe? Yeah. It's not that, yeah. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just like, I, I didn't buy it. I, okay. I loved that movie. I own I've it. never had a movie like make me hold my breath before. Turkey Baster. It was a... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, oh, I don't have any coffee in here. <laughs> Drip. <laughs> uh, so you gave it an A. I gave it a C. It, that makes it a B right there. This is the highest one we've graded. It's a B average for us. Well done. Here's the best part. Now we got to talk about where this thing's going to fit. So... Well, let's look at the franchise pantheon first. When we average out the scores of all the Evil Dead movies, it ends up getting a B-minus average in 8 out of 12 for all the movies, and that kicks Jurassic Park as a franchise out of the pantheon. So our pantheon is now the Tolkien Saga in first, Toy Story franchise in second, the MCU Infinity Saga in third, Star Wars in fourth, Alien in fifth, Die Hard in sixth, and Evil Dead rounds out the franchise pantheon. Okay, now let's visit the horror pantheon and see how that's changed. Uh, first place is still Jaws. Second place is still The Exorcist. Third place is still It Chapter One. Fourth place is The Cabin in the Woods. And then we've got a three-way tie for fifth, sixth, and seventh. Poltergeist, The Ring from 2002, and now 2013's Evil Dead, all tied with a 9 out of 12, a B average. So, that is our pantheons now for the Evil Dead franchise, and Evil Dead is a horror film. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we will dive into the Matrix trilogy with the first movie, The Matrix from 1999, for the science fiction film Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching!